Welcome. I'm your dungeon master, Mark Sherlock Humes, and joining me this week are my beloved players. Uh, we have da, 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 da. we have the giggling to herself, Mika Burton. Uh, we have the the who is this mysterious man that will arrive? Uh, Nate Sharp. Uh, we have the ever lovely uh, Nitsky mom. Uh, and <laughs> that's how I have, want to be introduced forever. Oh, my my bearded bro, Jonathan Indovino, aka Shady Penguin. We're bearded bros, but your beard is no. Your beard in my heart. There's a beard in my heart. I actually believe that. I respect that. There's definitely a beard yeah. in your heart. I could see it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just, you know, going for that youthful vigor uh, today. I've got to rejuvenate my vampire powers. So uh, we're going going with it. Uh, welcome, friends, to another episode of Knights of Evening Star here on the D&D channel. If you don't know what Knights of Evening Star is, it is a little campaign set in the land of Cormyr, which you might not be familiar with. It's like a little part of the Forgotten Realms. doesn't get visited very often. A land of wizards and knights and kind of draconic uh, elements and kind of King Arthur meets French knights kind of vibe. Very fairy tale, enchanted, Disney-esque. Um, and our party are a bunch of nobles or a bunch of advisors or a bunch of who knows what now, uh, who have uh, come to lead a small town, a small village called Evening Star. Um, there's been many things along the way, uh, and I've got a little recap for what happened in the very exciting last episode. Uh, but until then, let's check in with everyone, eh? Let's have a little check-in. How's everyone doing? Are we all well? Yeah. So Very well. Um, I, I want to know who this man is next to me. under Nate. Just Ooh, question, 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 because only one of us knows... White two text of us friend probably. has done a lot of work to kind of get a big reveal already. Mika, yeah, I don't want to break this to you, but I do want to because not only does one of us know, I feel like everyone knows, but you and I. Oh yeah, think, yeah. Let's just let's just oh, talk about yeah, that. Let's put it yeah, out there. Yeah, it's right? only two of us that don't know. Actually, if we're counting yeah. numbers here, I know. <sighs> Anna, do you know? Sometimes when you're the producer of a show, you find things out. You just know things. You know, you know you just, it would be really come cool to, to like know things, but it's fine. I know, Mika, do you want to know something? Hmm. I know mm -hmm. all the things. Yeah, that Mark knows true. more than me. I really hoped true. you were going to say you know the Muffin Man. You know, you know what's crazy? Well, maybe man? I do. You know maybe what's I do crazy know the man. is that if you'd find out sooner if, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd start playing D&D. &D. Well, right, here's right. the thing. Mark <laughs> asked like, us about our feelings, so we were just... I want to check in. Check in with everyone's feelings. Make sure everyone's okay. No doing feelings, well. only D and D. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the most when I play D and D. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. Uh, okay. Well, in that case, let's play some Dungeons and Dragons. I will give you a little recap on what happened last time. Our leaders of Evening Star traveled to the ruined village of Red Spring to aid their companion Marcel in tracking down a mysterious cult that had been responsible for a traumatic and tragic past. After defeating the cult's mercenary forces and descending deep into the earth to locate their lair, they found an alien ruin of strange rooms and passageways. On confronting the masked mages, Marcel took the opportunity to parlay with them, asking for their help in restoring his brother's soul from the enchanted weapon it had been bound to. The party were led to speak with High Sister Triumph of the Scions of the Shattered Light, and a deal was made. Marcel would join the Scions and stay with them whilst they worked to reverse the magic on his brother. With a sad goodbye to his friends, the rest of the party begin to leave the strange alien complex. And that, my friends, is where we begin today. Because I know 
very specifically, Miss Anna Prosser had some things that she wanted to do on the way out of the facility or perhaps oh, yeah. right. So to kind of re-describe the scene, you had been stood in this kind of egg-shaped room with all these kind of resin orbs with brains floating in it. Um, and a strange kind of chair-like contraption which this tiefling necromancer had been sat in. Uh, you were led out of that and onto a kind of invisible platform that led you up into a room that you'd been in previously, uh, a kind of large uh, space um, with this giant uh, glass dome in the middle with this rotting, decaying giant brain uh, within it. Spread throughout the room, there are all these different holes that lead down into a pool of purple liquid goop um, that you had avoided. And then there are passageways leading back up to the surface. But Agnes had spotted something in the pool um, whilst you guys were all being escorted down here that the rest of you had not seen. Um, and I believe that, Anna, you had made plans to try and reclaim said object before leaving. Yeah. I uh, I wanted to kind of nudge Azara mm -hmm. and point to the bow mm. and make a like mage hand sign. So when you uh, you you find one of these holes that looks from the chamber above down into the pool, mm -hmm. um, and Azara, you wouldn't have noticed it, and if Agnes hadn't really pointed it out. Mm -hmm. But looking at the f like looking down this hole into this pool beneath you, about twenty feet down, mm -hmm. at the very back of it there is this faint outline of a glowing bow, mm. uh, just like as if it's fallen into the pool and been sort of like brushed up against the side. Mm -hmm. um, is anybody around me? Can I hear? Is it You just hadn't me? seen any, like there were none of the scions were around you. Mm -hmm. um, I think that you can hear the sounds of them moving below, like in the corridor that you had previously been in. Right. Uh, there was this giant kind of animated suit of armor that had been moving with one of the mages. And you can begin to hear all, all of you, actually, um, Agnes, uh, Tarkal, and Mazar, you hear them beginning to make, like, move around as if, like, there has been a flurry of activity, as if they are preparing to maybe do something or go somewhere or something like that. There is there is some activity now that this deal has been brokered with Marcel. Okay. Um, then I will... Can I look down to see if there's anybody in that room where the... Yeah, you kind of have to get down on your hands and knees and kind yeah. of like poke your head through the hole and look around. Yeah, um, I'll do that. You know, you kind of have to make sure you keep your balance, otherwise you're going to fall in. You wait, you can see the giant statue move down the corridor, but there is a moment where there's nobody in around the pool area. In that moment, I will quickly cast Mage Hand mm -hmm. and have it yoink the bow. Floats down this giant sort of glowing blue claw scoops it up and then it takes and just as it's beginning to uh, come up the hole, can you make a sleight of hand check for me as if you were controlling the, the mage hand? Aha! 15. Nice. 15. Okay, great. Uh, as as you are just about to lift the bow up into the hold, you see one of these masked mages, the male one that you Marcel had made the deal with um, had parlayed with, sorry enters the room but doesn't seem to notice oh. the last <laughs> bit of the the bow being pulled up um just managed to beat the passive perception and yeah the mage hand as it lifts it up um the goop is still kind of dripping off of it but it almost seems to sizzle away um as it is brought up into the air and it is this beautiful short bow 
made of uh, almost like a silvery wood with faint kind of white engravings and carvings into it. It's very clearly elven in design, mm -hmm. um, very old. You can tell just holding it that this thing emanates um, age and and from you know long ago. Incredibly beautifully made and in pristine condition. Um, uh, Azara will silently float the the bow in front of Tarkal and just silently offer it to him. <laughs> you got a tiara. <laughs> no, um, I I don't <laughs> say that. Agnes says that, but tries to hide it. Yeah. And then Azara will give her a pointed look, like you already got something today. Agnes oh. will just hand her. Well, <laughs> Agnes will just kind of look like she has a secret and wait till they get outside. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Tarkal, do you take this like hovering, beautiful elven bow that's presented to you? Yeah, I'll. Uh take it and just nod because i guess we're being kind of quiet about it yeah so, it's a short bow so okay uh, you can add that um don't add anything to your inventory once you actually take some time to identify it that this has a name uh, okay. that you Ooh. will learn what do you guys do do you just head your way back up to the surface is there just like a solemn retreat back the way you came um yeah, yeah. i think that there's kind of like an element of shock almost and mm -hmm. reverence because everyone mm -hmm. remembers their time with Marcel and wonders if more or less should have been said. Okay. The journey back through this alien complex, almost like traveling your way up through some sort of great creature's body, moving through these passageways that are like arteries and these rooms like organs uh, is very uncomfortable. Um, and then you eventually reach the tunnel, this kind of cramped, narrow stone tunnel that you spend maybe a good sort of 40 minutes climbing up in darkness and silence um, as you begin winding your way back up towards the surface. Uh, when you eventually do emerge back into the cellar of the small water mill, um, <clears throat> you look above and you can see that the great uh, sphere that had once been kind of guarding the entrance has just fallen over inert like no longer active it's just collapsed into pieces um these armor plates sliding to reveal clockwork limbs and it just sits in uh to the side completely inert uh and yeah it looks like dawn is beginning to break um you guys had uh, attacked during the evening and then made your way down here overnight and it looks like dawn is is just beginning to break as you emerge back up into the surface uh the village of red spring um is still you know this mire-like swamp um, and there are two military forces, your own Knights of Evening Star, uh, led by Elissa, Blade Captain Elissa, who is your kind of uh, main sort of commander. And then uh, another figure, uh, a man in full plate armor engraved with runes that glow like Marcel's sword. Um, Hadley Cooper and his unit uh, are also waiting, looking over, uh, guarding several uh, mercenaries that they had defeated and taken uh, captive uh, until uh, you had concluded your business. Um, when you emerge, uh, Elissa and Hadley make their way over to you. Uh, you can immediately tell Hadley is scanning for Marcel. He's looking why, why Marcel isn't with you. Um, do you guys say anything first or do you wait for one of these guys to... Agnes say steps it? forward and she says, don't worry, Marcel didn't fall. He Where is chose... He? he chose to stay behind with... Uh, Lady Triumph? Who? Is she one of the Scions? Yes. 
he stayed down there? Why? Is he, is he captive? Do we need to rescue him? No, he went of his own free will because it seems what? he believes that they can help him somehow. They think that he thinks that they can help him. He didn't think for a second about me, about Ori, about all of them. He points to the unit behind him and he, you can see he's furious at this news. Do I, I heard Marcel say that he was going to get his brother back, right? Yeah. I understand your anger and it may be justified, but when a man has an opportunity to reclaim his brother and she kind of looks at Tarkal, I also understand that almost nothing can get in the way. Rescue his brother. Yeah. Well, I've got a daughter to rescue. Just like he did. And he, he, you can see he's like very gently touches the plate armor he's wearing. Um, it's just like, is he still down there? I believe so. Fine. We're not coming back to Evening Star. Take your knights. They'll escort you back. And then he just whistles and a few of the unit commanders begin gathering up with Hadley. And it looks like he's going to go down into the water mill. Oops. <laughs> Azara kind of steps forward, but not too close because she knows that Hadley is angry. She's mm -hmm. like, if, if it's any consolation, um, the notes that I took from the research and the runes we found while inside the Scion's lair, I will be taking back and studying. And if if I can find a, a cure or a reversal for whatever horrible magic was cast on your daughter, you will be one of the first to know. Do you think you even have a chance of deciphering what they've done? I won't know until I try, but it's, well, then it's in the a, meantime, of the highest priority for me. I appreciate that, Magister. But right now, it sounds like there's somebody down there that can do it now. Do what you And I'm going to go find them. He just nods. He looks at the two. He looks at the crown silvers. He doesn't treat you like nobles. He looks at you like, okay, well, I'm done here. Uh, and him and his unit basically begin making their way down to find Marcel. Um, Marcel well. fucked up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, yep, save me and my brother. Ah, don't worry about this. <laughs> Maybe uh, he yeah. was planning on finding a solution for Hadley too Maybe. all along. We don't Maybe. know. We don't know. Hadley don't know that though. Uh, <laughs> while they begin mounting up, Lady Alyssa uh, comes over I overheard, I overheard what you said about um, Minister Marcel. Um, myself and the troops are ready to leave when you need to. My, <clears throat> whatever, you have, uh, whatever happened down there, I'm sure you will inform me. Uh, right now, our priority is to ensure your safe return to Evening Star. The mercenaries we defeated have been uh, subdued. Uh, as per our agreement, we are willing to let them go. Uh, as it seems that they were just paid to protect this place and they have no association uh, once we leave the area. I nod and I look at um, Azara, Magister. Does this all seem in order? They were hired. Their job is over. Let them go. Very well. Uh, you can um, make insight checks for me, all of you. 
Oh God, 17. 17. Why is my insight so high? 18. 18. Um, Azara and Agnes, you definitely pick up on there's, you can tell Alyssa is mad about something. Um, obviously, whatever is just, you know, whatever you've just said about the Scions or something that's happened, um, you can tell she's mad at you guys, like not at like Hadley or anybody else. Like there's, she's not saying something about you guys, um, but is, is in her business. I'm here to do my job and that is to protect you and to, you know, look after Evening Star let you know I'm, I'm willing to do that and she very curtly just salutes turns around and then begins organizing the troops for a, 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 a return to weaving stuff i'll ask her point blank Alyssa, have we upset you <clears throat> she stops like mid like turning away like mid-march <clears throat> she stops turns around stands very straight backed in a soldier manner <clears throat> do you wish if you wish me to speak freely now i'm willing to do so uh lady crown silver Yes, um, I do. We do have very well. What happened down there? What version of the story do you want? The full long version or? Did you find the people that Minister Marcel was looking for? Yes. And are they, were they responsible for anything that's happened here in Red Spring? Are they responsible for anything... Uh, such people i i don't know the extent of what happened with minister marcel but clearly something has happened and i cannot begin to think that such a group may have done more harm to other cormerians and minister marcel has just made a deal and is remaining with them they are criminal they should be either put to the sword or brought to justice how can you just leave that place these are valid questions and concerns I suppose for my part, I trust Marcel and his sense of justice, and I assumed that his agreement was not so much to forgive them their debts as to make them pay theirs before he disposed of them. There weren't many down there. It seems they have been diminished. But you may be right. I may be wrong. I didn't think much about it when I saw a man trying to save his brother. Forgive me, my lady, if I'm to speak freely. Minister Marcel's life or his brother's is not worth that of the justice to Comerian citizens. What is one life worth, Alyssa? Uh, if you are asking a soldier, uh, one life against the many, I pick the many. Fair enough. And that is my duty as a knight. What it would is you your have decision... I am here to serve, but I cannot lie and say that I am not displeased by this. What would you have us do? March down there, find these people, bring them to justice, arrest them. If they have harmed Cormirian citizens, if they are up to something, if they are conducting strange magical rituals, they should be punished. They, we must hold them accountable. That, that is what a, a, a civilization of law is. Zara kind just of let them go. Uh, she, I, when she sees Azara do this, she does calm down. Like you can see, she's annoyed, but like Azara does have a bit more of an impact on her than her woman Agnes speaks. <laughs> well, um, more the woman I have a huge crush on. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, her woman, woman speaks. Yeah. Um, Azara holds up a hand and will say, "Alyssa, I understand. 
I understand the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. However, the magic that was being used down there in those caverns, we three, seeing as Marcel would not have fought, would not have been enough. You would have lost your nobles and you would have lost me if we stood our ground. Was it a prime opportunity to try? Yes. Is there a guarantee we would have left? Absolutely not, especially if Marcel was determined to get his brother back. We don't know if he wouldn't have turned on us to protect them. It was a hard decision, but I have to say we made the right decision. Perhaps the right decision for a magister, perhaps the right decision for a noble, for a friend, but for a knight, it just sounds like cowardice. I'm sorry. And then I she walks away. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, she just yeah, military marches back to her troops and begins shouting orders. Uh, if you do call out or if you try and finish, like she tries to drown it out by like men order up, like she's like giving commands and stuff to try and throw herself into some sort of uh, thing. Azara uh, will remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> she is. Uh, she is a soldier. And she has her priorities. But I do trust that Marcel, of all people, will make justice when the time comes. Yeah. And um, I also am like, here, maybe this will make you feel better. And I hand uh, Azara the spell book that I stole. <laughs> yes, I need to actually fill out that spell book. It is a spell book. Oh, um, sweet. <clears throat> monetarily it will be worth about 400 gold um uh there are there will be a number of spells in it obviously azara is not a wizard so she can't copy the spells from it but you could um either sell it or you know it could become a valuable tool maybe for somebody else but yeah as a sorcerer you know it doesn't have as much inherent value to you as a, as a wizard would have it but it's worth about 400 gold the spell book alone um is there anything clerically I could do with it, or? Um, not really, because I don't think clerics can learn spells in that way either. Um, um, Sarah Lee might be able to make scrolls from some of the spells in it. She may be able to like copy and create scrolls. From okay. It. Um, Sarah Lee is the boss. Sarah Lee is yeah. the boss. Uh, Tarkle, and I think uh, while this has all been going on, like obviously this is a lot of stuff going on, and Tarkle's dealing with his own stuff that happened down there. Is there anything that Tarkle does, or anything you want to say, or? If not, the troops will basically gather up and you guys will start heading home. And then we'll Yeah, I think during that whole back. conversation, Tarko was going to interject. Um, actually, Tarko had a very different idea of Alyssa, I think. Mm. Um, while he was leaving, his span was just like, oh, we need someone new. We need a new minister or magister of war because we don't have one. Alyssa makes perfect sense. And then Alyssa just Ooh. proclaimed how she is nothing more than a soldier and not fit to make decisions like those. So Tarko's just like, okay, more change. Cool, never mind. Got to figure something else out. Mm. Um, he just hops on his horse okay you guys mount up uh, the column is brought to march uh, you leave behind a few scattering scouts of Hadley's uh, strange uh, fighters and warriors um, and you begin making your way back to evening star it's about a two day trip um, the first day passes in a very uncomfortable awkward silence I imagine uh, for the most part unless there's conversations you guys wish to have with yourselves um one thing that will come up tarkol is the bow uh given some time to uh take a short rest and to learn about its powers uh you can identify it uh it is called 
it has a name, this bow. And if you go on D&D Beyond, uh, Shady, you can actually yep. add the item from there. You're going to have to bear with me because it's an elvish name. Uh, right. Its name is uh, Galathelia the Guiding Light, and that is spelled G-A-L-A-T-H-E-L-I-R. Got it. Uh, it is a short bow. Uh, and uh, if I bring up the if I bring up my stats for it, I will read out what it does because it does some fun stuff. Um, which Shady can read over. Ooh, yeah. Kind of thick the gun light. Uh, so this is a very finely made elven shortbow. It glimmers with pale moonlight and radiates dim light out to about ten foot radius around it, which you can turn on and off. Um, it has a plus one bonus to attack rolls and damage rolls because it's a magic weapon. Um, but in addition, uh, as a bonus action, you can create one of two special arrows made of silvery light. Uh, the arrows each have a different unique function described below and have different conditions to regain the use of them. So you can, as a bonus action, you can create a spell guiding shot, which if you hit a creature with this arrow as part of a ranged attack, it outlines the target in a silvery light that pulls magic energy towards it. For one minute, any spell attacks made against that creature have advantage and the target has disadvantage on any dexterity saving throws against spells. Uh, you regain the use of this arrow when you spend a short rest and expend a second level or higher spell slot to renew it. It doesn't have to be you, but somebody needs to expend a spell slot to kind of recharge it, basically. Um, the other shot is called a Path of Moonlight shot. As an action, you can fire this arrow in a line that is five foot wide and 90 feet long. The arrow creates a magical surface of silver light on the ground in the line's path. The light surface can cross open air, forming a bridge between two points or a slope if fired diagonally. Any friendly creatures can spend five feet of movement to move 10 feet along the surface. So you basically have like double speed when you're on this line. It's like a, a zoom path. Um, <laughs> and then you regain the use of the arrow when you leave the bow to soak in natural moonlight for four hours. Um, and that's basically what it does. That's um, cool. Really cool. cool. You get the sense of holding this item this belonged to an adventurer a long time ago, an elven uh, adventurer, um, a priestess of Saloon, uh, who carried this bow. And you don't get like memory flashes, but you you can feel that this thing was was involved in many many battles and has uh, was was dropped when its when its owner died um, in some sort of conflict. Um, wow. Um, how does it? work this next i feel a good question for people that don't know like me yeah. when you discover the magical properties of an item in D, &D mm -hmm. what does it mean in game like in game does my character know exactly that it has these two abilities and yes would he be, so and he would he would recognize if this wasn't suited for him or was suited for him yeah so basically um normally like you normally do it through the identify spell you guys don't have anybody that can cast it and so i'm kind of because i don't want to spend ages of you having to do it i'm just like i'll just tell you when you take a long rest mm -hmm. By spending a long rest, like holding this bow or like, you know, being in the presence of this bow for a certain period of time and kind of bonding with it, you can understand its abilities. So you understand that it can create these magical shots. You understand that, you know, it does, you know, you don't plus one attack and damage. You know, it's fine. It's very accurate and it seems to, you know, bypass normal armor and stuff like that. You know, whatever the cool. narrative description of it is. But yeah, you understand what it, it can do and its powers and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Uh, I think Tarkal is still pretty mellow, so he would just have this information and just continue on traveling. Yeah. 
Uh, and and you know for a rogue a short bow if you're proficient in it you can use it for making ranged attacks and stuff like that mm -hmm. as well so um or you can pass it on to a companion if you wish um that's the first day so unless there's conversations with the group the first day ends Quick question yes clerics can change their prepared spells every sh long rest right yes every long rest you can change your prepared spells yes dope 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 dope, dope. same with druids as well <laughs> druids can do it as well <laughs> Agnes is like, Haha, no, fine. <laughs> well, I am going to change because I have my circlet can cast Scorching Ray, right? It can cast it once and it has a set attack bonus. So it might not be as good as your Scorching Ray, but it is a free Scorching Ray. Oh, it can only do it once? Mm, long rest, it recharges on a long rest. That is not as cool as I thought. It's not. But circlet guess who remembers they have Detect Magic? <laughs> Circle of blasting, unfortunately, not as cool. Yeah, it's all right. Um, Random loot, my dude. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, it's look, maybe, maybe Aaron will like it and give it to his girlfriend. Oh no, Aaron! Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, don't think I've not planned. I've not planned that. Oh no. Uh, anyway, moving on. Wait, um... but so I want to say that um, the first day you can see Agnes like almost trying to like create moments to talk to Tarkal, but he's like so clearly not making conversation that she'll kind of be like, and like look away. And, you know, so the- Oh no. Oh no. On. Rip. Rip. F's in chat. I don't know. And then Agnes just vanished into the <laughs> void. <laughs> Forever disappeared in a puff of fey magic, never to return until her brother forgives her, <laughs> which is now. Okay, we have Nitsky we cam. Have, we do have Nitsky cam. Can you hear us? <laughs> She's just like, ah. <laughs> oh no, she's frozen. Yeah. Gonna keep our. Uh... <laughs> I'm gonna keep our vo our live comms up so I know when she comes back. Um, well, Azara, is there anything uh, that you or Tarkal would like to do in the meantime? I do have an intro for you, Nate, I promise. We oh, could do fine. a BRB to try and fix it as well. Um, we could try and take a quick BRB. Should we do that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. All right, look, we're going to take a quick BRB, chaps. We're, we're, folks, we're just going to try and get Anna back, um, and then we will uh, crack on, all right? I'm going to go to a quick BRB.
hello i think we're back now we've got anna back um everything's good hopefully just some internet uh, demons just, just the internet you know. demons it's fine yeah uh Casual. what were you about to say anna you you were saying that agnes was looking sad at tarkle and then you cut out yeah and so on the second day i think once mm -hmm. this has been going on for quite some time uh Saturday, second day morning yep yeah agnes will make a point to walk up to Tarkal in a very chagrined pose. And it's that look, you know, when you like, you know, you have to do something, you have to say something to someone, but you're, you're like dreading it so much and it feels so awful. And you're like, it's like taking a leap off of a cliff that you just have to do it. So she walks up to him and she's just like, I, do you have a minute? Yes. I'm, I know there's no words that would really make a difference, but I'm sorry that my carelessness had the result it did, and I hope Twig comes back soon. I hope so too. Thank you. I know I can be a little headstrong, but I really didn't think well, I didn't think, and that was the problem. I'll try to do better. Sister, do you know why I wanted to learn magic from Willow Song? I just assume everyone wants to learn magic. Well, my desire to learn magic came from watching you, and I was hoping to surprise you and you were upset. So I don't quite know how to handle that. See, with father growing up in the woods, he was very encouraging no matter what I put my hands to. So I've never actually tried to do something for someone and gotten that kind of response. I believe, Azara, that Twig will be fine, that hardy fellow, but I just, I want to feel like you trust why I'm doing things and that it's not out of, I, I see the way you and Azara, it's not out of a blind love for Willow Song. While I truly do believe she has good intentions and there's great power that I can use for Evening Star's benefit. I, I, I know there's nothing more important than family. So let's, let's just both do our best to do better. Agnes is like full, like shuffle toe in the dust, like shoulders up. Like she had kind of forgotten about getting mad about the magic thing. She thought it was all about Twig. And she looks up at Tarkle and she kind of has some tears in her eyes. And she's like, I, I never really understood family that way. And I think it's nice to have a brother. And I, I may have been holding on 
too tight. And I'm sorry, but I just, and then she just like grabs him in a big hug and she's kind of sniffling and she's like, <laughs> and she can't come up with anything else to say, which is very uncharacteristic well, of her. While you guys are hugging, Azara, you know, this is early in the morning, right? Sun hasn't even really fully, you know, come up. You're still in that hazy dawn light where everything is like almost that pale gray. And the road stretches out uh, in front of you and the camp is, uh, the, 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 your units are all like camped out in like small tents and things like that, preparing to make camp. <clears throat> I don't know what Agnes would be doing early in the morning. What would Agnes be doing early in the morning? Aside from hugging Tarkal and crying? Sorry, uh, Azara. Okay. Oh. Sorry, Azara. <laughs> A names. <laughs> sleepy brain. Probably just preparing herself for the day because she knows they have a day of travel. So like mm -hmm. praying to her, her new goddess and checking over her, um, her staff, making sure mm -hmm. that she's properly dressed, probably feeding her horse. Okay. Probably looking extra hot to make Alyssa Yeah, feel oh, definitely. Worse. Like she's definitely negging Alyssa right now like every time Alyssa looks over at her she looks away on purpose okay um. noted <laughs> during one of those exchanges where you see Alyssa and uh you know I almost want to see the scene as like um you know this is early in the morning so all the soldiers are getting ready um and Alyssa has clearly just like found like a lake and so her hair's like all kind of like wet and blown back and like she's got like her armor off <laughs> and she's like looking at Azara like like, and you know, like she's got like her biceps, like her on show and of things. Course. And she's like carrying a sword. And she looks at Azara and you like catch each other's eye and then you both look away. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, you're both doing the same thing. The, the very um, petty, like, I refuse to acknowledge you're hot because I'm yeah, mad at you. You're yeah. mad at you, exactly. <laughs> uh, and we both see this kind of pass. But then there's like a sudden chill down Azara's spine. The landscape around this kind of little forest road where you've been camped. It almost seems to stretch in either direction. Nobody else seems to notice this, Azari. Only really you do. The shadows grow longer in the boughs of the trees. There's a cold wind that begins blowing. And it's just as you begin to see shapes, these kind of elven forms pulling themselves free from the shadows themselves, rising up a great many of them, at least kind of like a, you know, a, a squadron or a battalion of them begin kind of pulling themselves up. And in that gray dawn light, you see everything gets a bit dimmer and darker and they begin rushing towards the, the, the camp. What do you do? Um, How many? Uh, th there is a lot. There is at least as many as, as you have knights uh, and squires. Like there is like a unit's worth of these things. I'll um, I'll grab my staff and scream to the soldiers, prepare for combat. Okay. You scream that up and thanks to your warning, the soldiers all look around suddenly being descended on from these like shadowy boughs and trees and, and valleys and things like that. They all begin pulling their weapons free and picking up shields and a, a, a quick melee erupts. Uh, for Azara, Agnes, and Tarkal, um, one figure seems to almost merge out of the the the, the ongoing combat, uh, where you can see Alyssa is like shouting orders and commanding the knights with her sword, um, swinging it around, trying to take them Caught out with her biceps out. 
Yeah. Her biceps out. Uh, you know, her little tusks like flared in anger as she's like, you know, smashing them around. One figure, this kind of almost um, very lithe and thin, but very tall elf with this almost dark gray, not a drow, but like a, a, a like a, a gray ash gray uh, with kind of ragged ears and a big cowl over his face, keeping his uh, his features in shadow. And either side of him are these giant hideous looking hounds their faces are almost human-like kind of taut into this maniacal kind of like ugly smile um with these bat-like ears and red eyes and he just points at the three three of you the nobles kill them and we are going to roll initiative and nate i would like you to roll initiative as well please um because i will give you a little bit of uh description uh momentarily why has it got to be human faces pulled over dogs? Yeah. Why has it got to be like Creepy. that? Also, Anna, I'm getting your rolls uh, popping up on D&D Beyond. Yes, what? you are. It's a new feature in test. Yes. Yeah. If you're in the campaign, you can see the game log now. Yeah. Um, That's so cool. Wow. Also yes. called out for not using real dice. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. no, it's fine. It's fine. Roll 20 That's, dice and good dice. That is really cool, though. I was I've like been waiting what? for them to do something like that. Uh, yeah, and just I got in a case 19. you guys didn't, you did have a long rest, so make sure you roll at full hit points and all of that good stuff as well. Make oh, sure you've had, uh, I yep, will yep, take a long rest. You had like rest. a day of travel, so you've had had a long rest. Cool. Cool. Uh, what are we looking at in terms of initiative? Nineteen. Fourteen. Nineteen for Agnes. Fourteen for Azara. Seven. Seven for Tarkal. Rare. Mm. And then for the mystery figure. Twenty-one. 21. This is great. Nice. Okay. You're going to come in, uh, mystery figure, at the start of the next round, right? And I'll give you some, some narrative stuff of where you've come from. Cool. So, Agnes, you hear Azara cry out, and this, this battle begins to just erupt. Your unit's engaged. Um, and between you and the, the battle that's going on where you've been talking to Tarkle in private, um, you, Azara, and Tarkle are kind of separated. And between you is this, yeah, this tall, slender, elven, fey-like figure and these two human-faced hounds uh, with these glowing red eyes. What do you do? I am going to summon my fire spirit mm -hmm. so much fun that's my action <laughs> is that the whole action yeah and i guess i'm gonna take a tactical position so i'll i'll go out mm -hmm. to like the right flank so you move away from your brother and kind of separate yourself so you're not all mm -hmm. bunched up so the yeah. three of you are kind of like a good sort of 15 feet between you both, all of you. So you're kind of spread out as, as much as you can. Do you want to move further than that? Do you want to go like a full 30 feet away from Tarkle? Or do you want to still keep a little bit close? No, I'll stay a little close. Okay, it's so like 15 feet is good? It can benefit him for me to be close, I know, sometimes. So Okay, yeah. cool. So 15. the fire spirit, the little flaming yeah. bird erupts um, in front of you. Uh, and then you kind of dodge to the side as you see this advancing figure. One of the hounds... Um, just comes barreling towards the three of you. And I'm going to roll to see who he goes for because the hound uh, is just attacking either one. So we'll do one, two, Mika, three, four, uh, Tarkle, um, and then five, six, Agnes. Uh, the <laughs> hound comes barreling towards you. Seeing you kind of separate away from the rest, it woof, kind of charges towards you. Um, and it is going to uh, just try and... Uh, no, the first thing it does 
is um it it before it even starts moving it lets out this baleful like baying howl like Woo! and it just echoes around i need all three of you to make wisdom saving throws please 14 14 tackle 10 10 and agnes 14 14. Agnes and Azara, you both kind of steal yourselves, sensing this otherworldly threat. Um, and you, although this kind of wave of fear kind of passes through you, you don't let it take your heart. You kind of steal yourself um, as this thing comes towards you. Uh, for Tarkal, when this thing howls, it brings back every nightmare you ever had as a boy in the woods of wolves prowling or stealing into your home and eating your father and eating you, uh, being chased through the woods by these creatures. And some um, primal part of you breaks. You are counted at, you are frightened, um, which is uh, the effect um, until the end of the hound's next turn or until the hound is incapacitated. Uh, a frightened target that starts its turn within 30 feet of the hound must use all of its movement to get as far away from the hound as possible. Um, and you have disadvantage on attack rolls as long as you can see the thing you are afraid of, which is this hound. Um, and then it will basically move up to uh, Agnes and it gets within five feet. It gets within melee range of you, Agnes. And that's the end of its turn. Um, Azara. Yes. I am going to attempt to... Well, first I'm going to quicken spell. I'm going to quicken it on myself. Um, okay. And then... Which did I take off to? I'm going to... Come on, be the time this works. I'm going to banish that hound. Okay. Banish that hound. Banish that hound. Charisma 14. Charisma 14. <gasps> I rolled a 9. Minus 2. And this thing is not native to the material plane. So, Azara, this is quickened, right? You're quickening this banishment. Yeah. So, which one do you go for? The one that's just moved up to Agnes or the other one that's still by its master's side? The one that moved up to Agnes. Okay. So, you turn on that one, seeing this thing about to like bear down and bite down on Agnes. You reach out a hand. What, what does this look like when you banish? Because we've not had it before. Um, Since it's the sorcery side of her, it mm -hmm. would probably be this like crackling magic that opens up around the creature and then kind of like and then they and it just vanishes like yeah. into a tiny dot and then yeah it just pops away and yeah. you just watches this whole hound just completely evaporates into nothing um you can see the uh the tall slender figure definitely you see it's like grip on its staff tighten um as, as you do this and then since i quickened it i'm going to cast firebolt at the staff wielding creature Sure. Uh, which is a 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 to hit. 22 will hit. Dope. Yes. <laughs> and that is 2d10. That is a 3 plus 8, 11. 11 points of damage. Yeah, okay. quick math. Bam. So you watch as the flame kind of catches a piece of its robe and it very quickly raises one hand. And you can see there's all these kind of like fungal growths along its yep. arms. It's like puts the flames out, um, kind of shakes off the uh, the, the burn damage. Um, and yeah, definitely turns attention. Anything else on your turn, Azara? That's it. Okay. The final, uh, the, the hound that's still by its, its master's side, um, I guess your frightened effect would end Tarkal. Um, 
because uh, this thing has just vanished. Um, so instead, the Great Hound uh, will barrel up towards Azara now, having sensed that this uh, this sorceress has just banished her companion, its companion away. Uh, that is going to be a 17 to hit. That hits. Okay. Uh, that is going to be 12 points of piercing damage, Azara, as this thing bounds onto you. Um, can you make a strength saving throw for me? I can. Uh, yikes, that's a 17. You are knocked prone, and this thing is on top of you, like bearing down with this very unnatural human-like mouth, but filled with razor-sharp canine teeth. And it's like trying to bite down on you, and you're trying to fend it off as it's on top of you. Um, Horrible. Tarkle. Uh, having seen Zara banish a hound, and now subdued by a hound, I'm going to go ahead and try to kill said hound uh, just by tossing my kiss of silver towards its neck. Uh, Flick of the wrist. Oh, it's a crit! Oh, 28. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mark's so mad. Technically, it is a sneak attack because you have an ally within five feet. Yeah. And as I have said on my crit rules, yeah. uh, you do maximum dice damage and then you roll the dice again. So you max the dice, add your modifier, then roll the dice again, and that includes sneak attack. Okay, so Holy I'm gonna roll shit. it on D&D Beyond for the damage. And then add the max at the end, yeah. So 24 plus 36 is 60. <laughs> Are you for real? <laughs> I can't believe you rolled a natural 20, Jesus. <laughs> one day. I would've been able to roll day. again, right? Um, no, so you, so you dealt, so you rolled the damage on D&D Beyond, right? No, no, I just mean like if I didn't get a crit because I have advantage, right? When with an ally in five feet, I'm just trying to remember. I keep no, mis so it's confusing. um you have advantage when you go before the creature because yes. you're an assassin, um, but if the enemy is within five feet of an ally, you can still do sneak attack even if you don't have advantage. Got so it. You, you still get your sneak attack as long as you have an ally within five feet, even on ranged attacks. Um, and then yeah, my normal crit rules would be you roll the dice and then you just um roll the dice again. Whereas I like to make it so that there's always a benefit to critting, which is you deal max damage and then you roll the dice again. Mm -hmm. One day I will have a rogue do this to you and you will hate me. <laughs> but now no. what, what happens is you watch this, this tiny dagger, this little needle of silver, just Zara, you see like a flash of silver through it going one neck and then a flash out the other side and then blood just out its side and it collapses on you like the yeth hound literally like dies on top of you um cool. as it just one one hit from this knife just drops it to the ground dead um uh is it a free action to just kind of like wave and thank you from underneath this dead hound it's like one little hound yeah, like little like, hand. <laughs> uh yeah it's a lot of um, dead weight you have there tarkle anything else <laughs> on your turn no that's it just bad jokes and i'm done you'll okay, hear zargo ha Seeing this, the figure with the robe and the quarter staff raises a hand. I need you to make a constitution saving throw, Tarkle. Okay. No evasion on this one. 15. 15. Oh, dear. That's going to be 8d8. Oops. 5. 10. 14. Twenty-two. 
27. That's going to be... Was that? 35 necrotic damage as you feel all the moisture in your body tackle, all the kind of limbs, your skin begins to turn black and just... You said 45? 35. 35. And I can't uncanny dodge this, right? What does uncanny dodge say? When an attacker you can see hits you within an attack, you can use your reaction to have the attack's damage against you. So I don't... This isn't an attack because it's a saving throw. I don't know if you can uncanny okay. dodge it. Can you... Uncanny dodge. Say it. Say the name of the spell. Hmm. Interesting. If not, I'll make a ruling and then I'll decide. Yeah. Because it, it's interesting it says when you are hit by an attack, because normally that implies like a weapon attack or a spell attack roll. Mm -hmm. Um. Bum, 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 bum. Somebody call D&D. &D. Yeah, this is where I need uh, Jeremy. You Jeremy! Alright, for now I'm going to say no, Shady. Uh, I'm going to say fine. no, you can't uncanny dodge this. Because to me as well, it doesn't make sense. Like You can't dodge out of the way of your water being sucked out of you. Yeah. If I'm wrong, we'll just change it for the future and we'll, we'll remember that for the future. But I'll look into it and I'll check because cool. I don't know. Um, that's an interesting one, but yeah, you feel just like all this life force just like <laughs> kind of sucked out of you. It's like you, like you, you, it's all like you become dehydrated. You just feel awful as this life energy is pulled out of you. Um, and then the man in the 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 robe will begin advancing towards uh, probably um, probably not Tarkle, uh, maybe towards Agnes. Um, oh, and he does gain some temporary hit points. You killed his friend. Uh, so, whilst he begins advancing on Agnes, Nate. Yes. You and your allies have been traveling um, through the wilds, um, and you know that there's a crossing, uh, and you've been stalking a group of unseely fey that have been making their way. Um, it looks like to attack the mortal mortal realms and sensing that this is probably connected to what you've been sent for um, and you're getting close to this village of evening star you've kind of taken your men and your 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 fighters sorry um, men and women and you've diverted them to try and intercept this this uh you know unit of unseely fey and in doing so uh, you've basically come across them just as they launch this attack on this group of mortals that are traveling on the road um, and following them through the Fey Crossing, you emerge as you see them pile onto their military units and you see the last round of combat. So you see these, these Yeth hounds, these uh, servants of the Unseely Court. Um, one of them is banished away. The other one is seemingly killed by some sort of attack. And then you watch as this, um, this uh, Unseely Elf basically casting the spell on, on these groups of travelers. Um, and you would probably recognize at least Agnes and Tarkle as the the nobles that you've been sent to, to meet with, that, that you're supposed to meet with to discuss the terms. Um, what the rest of you see, and I'll let Nate describe this, but following in from this kind of like this dark grayness that's been stretched out along this corridor and all these people have been, have leapt out from, a different type of figure emerges. No longer dark, uh, no longer kind of thin and slender. Instead, they are... Go ahead, Nate, take it away. Uh, you, y'all see three, like, 
six to six foot five, burly, strong looking lion people. Ooh. Uh, one specifically uh, that kind of leads to others. Uh, this sort of brown, like yep, that guy, this tan, gold, brown furred lion with a black mane and this big, bony, makeshift uh, morning star just kind of waltz on in. I want yep. to give him scritches. <laughs> oh my God. You'd have to reach up like this to give him scritches. I'll get a ladder. <laughs> I will get a ladder. But yeah, you, um, uh, Clive, uh, you emerge out uh as you see this group of unseen but you don't know their names you don't need to know mm -hmm. their names they're enemies of the they're, they're enemies of the summer court and that's all you yep. pretty much need to know um with one swift movement you watch as your two companions uh i'm just going to check their names because i remember bad names badly um mm -hmm. you watch as da, 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 where are they uh baragon and eres basically just give you a nod and then they immediately sprint over to help the military units that are currently being attacked by the greater numbers knowing that you're going to take care of this 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 leader basically um and yeah it is your turn uh clive my friends like run off and start doing the attack and i see so he's this like not drow but like Kind of yeah, he's he's an unseely elf. So okay. this is um this is a servant of the unseely court, which are the enemies of the 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 court of the Archfey. That you know, Lord Oberon is one of the four members of the court, uh, the the Archfey court. And these guys have been causing trouble, not just attacking the 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 Feywild, but attacking the mortal realm and making it think like the mortal realm is being attacked by Fey as well. Um, and so these guys are troublemakers. Yeah, cool uh do does he see me uh he hasn't seen you yet no he's focused on uh these uh these you know uh, the elves humans yeah who who remembers what these kind of people are uh you don't you, you know they all look the same um but you see like him approaching this woman this this elven maiden in this flame red kind of outfit and he's approaching her like with his hand outstretched ready to cast some sort of spell on her and how far is he Oh, within 30 feet or 40 feet. Whatever yeah. your movement speed is, he's within it. <laughs> sure. All right, just making sure. Um, so I take this big morning star and it like it's over my shoulder. I just kind of take it off as the weight of it just like pff, thunks to the ground. And I yep. start like running with it behind me and I'll like yell to him. Yeah. It's like I don't I don't do surprise attacks. You just like <laughs> just like you're a proper shit starting the party without me. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. And yep. I would like uh, to rage. Yes! So, well, a thing happens, Clive, when you mm -hmm. rage. Uh, would does. you like... Now, here's an interesting question, Clive. Would you like me to roll, or would you like to roll for these? I would like to roll, please. Oh, well, please roll a d8 for me then, uh, okay. Mr. Clive. All right, what's that do? What was uh, it? It I've was a... Up here. I do, too. Uh, oh. That would be that would be a three. Okay. So I'm you you can describe it. It's yeah. fine. So I rage, and then um, a appearing within me, I guess, following me around. Yeah, uh, like a, a little. Pixie. Yeah, a little. Poof, she kind of pops out into mm -hmm. the air around you, like Navi from Zelda. You hear like mm -hmm. a little hee hee around you. Um, 
So that, that thing's just going to follow me. And then I'm yep. going to, I'm going to go ahead and attack. Get, get a smack in. All right. Let's see. First attack. That is a uh, 18. 18 will hit this guy. Yes. All right. So that is, let's see here, 10 piercing damage. Mm -hmm. uh, does, what does my rage do to that? Let's plus see. three damage. Whenever, you, oh, whenever so you're raging and you, you hit, it's an extra three damage. Cool. So then plus three to whatever I just said, 10? Yep. So, so 13. Yeah, 13. Yep. Cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attack again now. Yep. Extra attack. And... That one's higher, uh, 21. That hits. And then that would be... Oh, and don't forget, because I know you're new to Barbarian, Nate. Um, at, before you start making any of your attacks, you can choose to recklessly attack, which gives you advantage on any attacks you make that round, but any attacks mm -hmm. back have advantage against you as well. Um, gotcha. Well, I'm good with not reckless for now. Yeah, no, that's fine. That yep. was... Uh, where'd it go? Two, three, four, five, six. Nine, nine piercing damage. And then another three from your oh, rage. I, I added the three to that. Oh, you've done that. Nine. Okay, mm -hmm. perfect. Um, cool. So these two swipes, you just slam into this guy. And you hit him in the, like, the shoulders and the sides. And the cloak drops away. And it reveals that this um, unseely elf is like covered in like this fungus-like armor. That's like, and as you're hitting him, it's like breaking off in chunks. Um, and he is reeling. You can see he's still standing, still capable of fighting. Um, but you've dealt pretty two heavy, heavy looking blows to him. Um, anything else on your turn? No, that'll be it. That'll be it. Okay. Uh, in that case, so uh, Agnes, you just see this lion man just scream, come barreling out of like the shadows. This little pixie appears around him and he just wails into this guy in front of you. What do you do? Oh, wait. Yeah. Sorry. The pixie. Oh, yes. Is that, that the end of your turn, isn't it? I think. Uh, let me see. The end of the turn. Yeah. Okay. So the pixie explodes. <laughs> <laughs> And everything yep. within each creature within five feet makes a deck save. All right, so Agnes is going to have to make a deck save as well, but so will this guy. Um, and you, I think, as well, because it, does it say that it excludes you? Uh, no, it says each creature, so I'll... I'll <laughs> yep. You, you roll for it as well? Yep. <laughs> nice. Well, he fails. Um, what's the DC on this, do you know? The DC, I think it's... I had a really... Uh, I, I want to say it's 16. Yeah, I think so, because I think it's eight plus your proficiency plus your con. So, yes, that would be eight. Uh, 16, okay. sorry. All right, cool. Well, I fail. <laughs> Agnes? So, I like to imagine what Agnes was already doing, because, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of this kind of actually happens at once. So, she had already summoned her fire spirit, but these dogs had had made her feel the need for a dog of her own. So, she cast Summon Beast, and... Like uh, just before before you do that, and did you roll a saving throw? Oh, oops. Oh wait, yeah, I sorry. forgot. I have advantage on deck saves. <laughs> so if you just give me a deck save, please, Agnes, and then still failed. I nat twenty. <laughs> a nice. Okay, so you take no damage, and then you roll d six force damage, Nate. That would be three. Okay, so you take you take three, and then I'll take mm -hmm. three. So so as you're summoning this this beast, uh, Agnes, this little pixie around this lion man 
explodes in light and it's just like you're like quickly dodging back as this like cascade of energy erupts uh, around also um, after continue. it explodes and i've clearly taken the hit from it i'm just like maniacally laughing at it <laughs> <laughs> glorious oh my god so yeah agnes had started casting this spell and she's being very you know very agnes about it taking it very seriously and the, mm. the way that looks is like there's these kind of thorny branches that grow up from the ground into the shape of a wolf and then they light on fire so it's like a flame like a burning bush wolf um but she's doing that and then and then she kind of turns like hey (laughs) and so she takes a moment of shock but luckily her um her bestial spirit gets to take mm-hmm. a turn i believe because it shares sure. my initiative that goes right after me okay cool. so um the bestial spirit there's still one of these hounds left right no oh, <laughs> the, the hound the hound is dead uh Tarkle killed it in one hit and azara banished the other one. Oh, okay um, then yeah. um so it's just there's this just one this guy elf. with a staff in front of you yeah this this unseely elf so the, the little wolf looks at agnes and is like <laughs> and just goes for it <laughs> goes for the elf wow. and mauls so it will be my spell attack modifier which is plus eight to okay. hit yep so i roll a 27 to hit that hits yes and then the damage is going to be 1d8 plus five so let's see how much that gets love it I can't see it. It went under the little thingy. What does it say? Three. Okay, so eight damage. Eight, eight total damage. So the bestial spirit kind of like bites into the the elf's leg, and more of this fungal armor kind of breaks away uh, as it kind of shakes its leg free. Um, and you can see it's looking kind of desperately annoyed around, um, as you can hear like the sounds of raging battle going on behind you. Anything else, Agnes? Mm-mm. Oh wait, my fire spirit. Yes, my fire okay. spirit will follow. It's it's puppy and chicky hour so my little phoenix will fly around the head of the elf and cast flame seed okay i should have their stat block up too sorry all right so that is going to be also plus eight to hit which is going to be a 15 to hit uh 15 will still hit yeah and that's going to be one d6 plus four the d6 rolls a three so that is seven damage seven points of fire damage <laughs> little spit kind of catches like again this feature tries to block it with its quarter staff but doesn't quite uh, manage to deflect most of the blow um and yeah while this is all going on you see that the since the two lion people have joined your unit um the the military unit is is managing to fend off and send off all of these kind of shadowy unseely attackers um but yeah, you're still dealing is, with this commander to be clear agnes is completely like checking out lion guy while her little beasts are taking like, care of dealing with that this. over there shocked, yeah shocked or uh azara um, you do hear the sounds of something, but yeah, you have this enormous giant beast laying on top of you. What do you do? Yeah, so Zara is going to very angrily because she just got dressed and now has blood all over her clothes. Like, shove this dead beast off. Um, right, you managed to just about get enough that you can wiggle yourself free. Like, eh, eh, eh. 
and I'm assuming it takes my movement to stand up. It is half movement to stand half up. Movement. That's fine. How close is Lion Boy to uh, Scary Boy? Right, he's next to him, so they are within. So you've basically got Agnes, mm-hmm. Scary Man, mm-hmm. Wolf Spirit, Fire mm-hmm. Spirit, Lion uh-huh. Man, Pixie, uh-huh. all in like all a little in, tiny all, clump. All in a yeah. tiny clump. Well, that yeah. that's not good for what I would like to do. So I, I mean, will change my plan. Why not? No, no, I'm not. I, I'm I'm kind. I instead will uh, witch's bolt at at the scary boy. Okay, sure. Um, and I can I can see the lion. Like I heard him come in and bash on this dude. So I'm oh yeah, you saw. Him I know like, that yeah, he's he's. You chill. don't think? Yeah, he's not okay. attacking Agnes. At right, least. right. Okay, so I'm going to uh, witch's bolt, uh, unseely boy, which is a twenty-one to hit. Yeah, that hits. Okay, cool. That's four d twelve. That's eleven plus five plus nine plus seven how much is that 32 32 wait 32 33 34 35 because of lightning affinity points of pew pew that is a lot of damage uh, we're damage dealing this time you <laughs> really are uh you watch as this uh so uh clive for you kind of if you're fighting this guy and then out of nowhere this huge bolt of lightning just strikes him dead in the chest and leaves this kind of like arcing whip between him and this uh, quite scantily clad, very uh, pretty uh, kind of woman with like blue robes and a staff. And you can see that the two of them are connected by this line of lightning uh, between them. Um, and you can see like this just pain just comes through his facial expressions as this lines of lightning arc all up his face. It's just, ah! Uh, anything else, Azara? Um, no, but with Witch's Bolt, on my next turn, I can just do that again, right? Yeah, so it keeps, as That's long as so um, cool. nothing disconnects it. However, it's only 1d12 on the subsequent turns. You don't Aww. deal the addi- Yeah. Unfortunately, that's one of the problems with Witch's Bolt, is the boosted damage is only for the first hit. After that, it's a single d12. That's so. not as fun. I know, I know, but it's also balanced. <laughs> yeah, I get it, I get it, but that's my turn. <laughs> that's your turn. Tarkle, what do you do? Uh, So... Is li- so Lion Boy is clearly on our side. He's attacking. Well, I mean, his- he's attacking your enemy. Whether Tarkal believes that he's not a threat, I leave to you. Uh, Tarkal wants to believe that so that he gets uh, advantage. Oh, wait, is oh is Agnes still within Agnes five feet? Agnes is also next to him. Yeah. All right, I'm just gonna go ahead and uh, whip out my blade, and I look at him like, "Hope you do that again." And I just toss it towards. If you roll uh, another natural twenty, uh, Shady Penguin, you are banned from my game. <laughs> I, I, I don't see that happening, but I want to believe it. No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh. Uh, ni- Nineteen to hit. That's still gonna still gonna hit though. Cool. And that's uh, still a sneak attack. Then the damage total is twenty five. Oh my god. So again, even though it's not a crit, you still, uh, in his weakened state, you see that the uh, Lion Man and Azara's uh, attacks and Agnes's attacks have all blasted off this fungal armor. And as he's turning, you can see him raising this quarter staff, ready to smack Agnes as hard as he can. And you can see there's like all this black magic surrounding the staff. There's a moment where you see this gap where all this armor's been ripped off that shows this kind of almost skeletally thin um, back, uh, you know, underneath this fungal armor. And with one, the the flash of silver as the knife sails through the air, your mother's knife just stabs him in the back and you just see his body go rigid and tight and then just collapses down as the, the knife comes flicking back into your hand. Um, and yeah, this guy drops to the floor. Uh, 
the the sounds of the battle like you guys i'm not going to make you spend spell slots or make attacks joining your companions very quickly you join the rest of the unit you can see Alyssa um is is like surrounded by like three of them and she's doing these big sweeping attacks that knock three of these um they're almost like smaller versions of the man with the staff they're almost like goblin elves where they're smaller and they've got these big deep hoods and like daggers and things like that and she just sweeps and kills three of them in a blow as sends them sprawling the two lion folk that came with uh, this strange fellow are doing the same thing they're just like jumping through the air ripping their claws in and like throwing these little tiny goblin elves into the air meanwhile the rest of the troops are like mustering like actual kind of tactics against them and with you guys joining them it doesn't take much time before they're all uh, vanquished when they die including the one you just found um as natural light begins to filter in you watch as their bodies begin to just evaporate like mist it's just like and vanishes in the sunlight um with Azara's arcane knowledge, would she mm -hmm. know that the this would just be unsealy court? Make a arcana check for me. I'm good at that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I rolled a nat 20, so that's 27. Ooh. Yeah. So there's a couple of things. I think you're going to know a bit more than just these guys. So yes, uh, you would recognize... Um, most people probably wouldn't be able to tell them apart, um, mm -hmm. but these were very clearly unsealy fey or dark fey. Mm -hmm. um, they serve... Um, twisted evil arch fey spirits that are you know that control at least a part of the the fey wild um can sometimes be found in the employ of creatures like formians and hags and things like that but there are also darker uh you know fey courts that they serve as well um they've probably yeah and they've you know some sort of crossing or some sort of portal has been opened that has allowed mm -hmm. them to come through they've mm -hmm. they've opened a gap which is why you saw the kind of road stretch out um, it was like a temporarily opened up to the Feywild. Right. Um, the lion man that you've just seen come through, you actually know a little bit about. You don't know them as an individual, but you've heard of them, that they're kind. Uh, they're called Leonin, um, and they are not from Faerun. They are not found in Faerun. Uh, they are kind of, they're mortals. They're not fey creatures. Mm -hmm. They are mortal creatures like you are and like humans are in Cormir, but they live in the Feywild. They were gifted a land of grasslands in the court of Lord Oberon, the Lord of Summer, the ruler okay. of the Summer Court. Um, and he loves them. He loves the Leonin because they epitomize everything about Summer that he loves. Like, bravery and boldness and courage and hunting and you know bestial aspects um and so they are kind of his prized servants is perhaps a bit of an insulting word but they are pride kind of um people of his court he he regards them as like vassals that he he looks after um and yeah he, this they these are leonin of of some kind you don't know anything more than that but they they serve lord oberon of the archway um I think the first thing Azara will do is is rush over to Agnes and um, relay at least the most important bits of these are unseelie elves. I saw a portal open up. Not good news. Um, and yeah. What should we do? Uh, well, I think our first step is to speak with our unlikely interloper here, uh, which who I also know comes from the Feywild, and I'll kind of yell, uh, sir, uh, 
Hey. Have have you been sent here by by Lord Oberon, or are you here of your own volition? Hey, the first one. And then I'll turn to Agnes and be like, "This could be good for us." Agnes is just still kind of like agape <laughs> at this big lion man. You can tell she's very impressed and almost like maybe a little bit shy. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it's just like big, big lion man. Big, big lion. animal. Lion man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like animal. He big animal. <laughs> Elisa. Does he like a... scratches? <laughs> Elissa in a kind of um, kind of sweat, uh, you know, sweaty tunic uh, with her sleeves ripped off, um, still clutching her greatsword, still not armored. You can see she's covered in like dozens of cuts and things like that, but in full kind of half orc fury, uh, it like comes over um, and is like, <clears throat> "My lord and lady, we've secured the perimeter. I don't think there's any more of these things. I, I don't know how they they snuck up on us like that. That they, they appeared out of nowhere, and I don't know who these. I don't know who this." these lions are but i'm glad that they came to our assistance azar will hold up another hand and say they came from a portal they came from the fey wild they came to attack us do not be alarmed excuse me oh <laughs> azar will just kind of like look would any of you happen to know the whereabouts of the nobles of evening star uh yes yeah, sir oh. i was i was getting to that they're right here ah Fantastic. On Take behalf, us to there. On behalf of Evening Star, I, Agnes Crownsilver, and my brother Tarkal Crownsilver, thank you for your service to our land and, and welcome you, sir. Hey, Clive of the Wildmane. Clive, uh, Sir Wildmane, I, we are honored. And this here is Baragon? And Ares. And you see these two uh, scruffy... Do you have like a description for Baragon and Ares or...? Not especially. Okay, so um, Ares is... You can see that she is uh, more like a lioness. So doesn't have like the big mane. She has just like sleek kind of uh, golden fur. Um, wears like a jagged jacket of like ring mail. Um, you can see that she does carry like a pair of almost like a serrated looking short swords like on her belt um, and has these huge paws and she's just like looking around um, she's got like a big deep scar down one side of her her third face and one of her ears is like chopped in half um, whereas Baragorn is almost this he, he looks he's not as tall as Clyde is uh, Clive is but he's got this majestic mane with all these braids in it with little tokens and trinkets and he's wearing the most fabulous shirt underneath like a suit of glistening chain mail um and he looks like he looks like he loves himself he's and, like, a pretty he, kitty he's like licking his like paw and like checking his ears <laughs> yes! and, like, he's got like a bracer like a really polished bracer and he's like checking himself in it like checking his <laughs> like uh, Erez, do i still have any of the uh, silly in my mouth I know you don't, you silly bastard. Ah, fucking pompous prick. Uh, so Cl <laughs> Clive, uh, uh, these lot know how to fight all right. Uh, they were in a bit of a scrap and we helped them out a little, but uh, they know what they're doing. Uh, they seem like they can hold their own, they can. Uh, they're certainly better than Baragon here anyway. He was too busy checking himself out and looking at all the uh, all the soldiers, I think. I, I was doing nothing talk, with the like... swords. <laughs> oh we pretty boy he is 
gives him like gives him like a hard like smack on the back <laughs> yeah oh and he takes it it's not like he's like oh don't hurt me he's just like oh well thank you uh, thank you clive yes indeed <laughs> i am a very handsome member of the wild mains a pleasure to meet you all and he just bows very deeply my lord really clive here <laughs> Huh? And it's like Lion Gaston. It's yeah. Lion he's Gaston. a little bit Lion Gaston, yeah. But a nice Gaston. He's not mean. He's okay. like quite sort of like, he's more like himbo energy. He's oh, just like, nice. mm, he looks like he's not the smartest tool in the dead. Um, and Azara is enamored by this lion man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's, he. you can see him like the, the, the second, like a handsome young man walks past, Baragon is like... <laughs> and then turns back. Azara's uh, like, shuck, shit. <laughs> um, he probably he probably casts an eye in Tarkal's direction, unless Tarkal's still withered from the the spell. Uh, he's probably like, oh, hello, <laughs> hello, nice to meet you. Uh, um, but yeah, they uh, they bow themselves, and you can see that they're subservient to Clive. Like they step behind him, they don't walk in front of him, they don't talk over him. Um, they they very much are. Uh, kind of yeah vassals to him as in many of you are to the crown silvers agnes so, asks um to what do we owe the honor of your presence who has sent you here hey we traveled from the farewell to to meet with the nobles of this this evening star we've been hearing so much about we've been sent to look over things as potential discussions are to be had by for what what discussions uh dm i just got the the thing today so. yeah no you, you said you clive you've said what you know like you know yeah. you were you were sent by your commander to and the 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 lords of the 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 courts um to you know broker like maybe act as a sort of ambassador a liaison and to assess them you're you're also here to kind of say whether you think that it's a trick, whether you think they're trying to, you know, actually cause trouble for the Feywilds, whether they're trying to lure them into a trap and things like that. Like, you're kind of not a spy, but you're more like a, an ambassador, kind of trying to assess the situation here. Um, Agnes, uh, maybe Azara would know more, more this than Agnes, but you guys sent um, right. Twig and mm -hmm. messages into the yeah. Feywild to try and see if you could arrange some sort of talks or to visit the Feywild courts to discuss what had been happening. That was actually something you guys had put in motion. So, um, Hearing Clive say that, Azar will step forward and ask, uh, if I may, um, Sir Wildmane, was it? Hey, <laughs> um, okay. Clive will do, little sparkly lass. <laughs> Azar will kind of like grin at that. Uh, <laughs> Clive, are you here to possibly discuss a truce between our realm and the Feywild? I know that we reached out to the Summer Court to see if some conversations could be had. We are happy to, to house you and, and discuss these matters if, if you are willing. Uh, Mark, feel free to correct any of this if I'm wrong. <clears throat> he says, hey, well, it's not that we've got issues as a whole with you, the mortals, and he, us, the Feywild. So that's, that's not quite the, quite the conundrum we're in. Well, that comes uh, as a surprise to us, seeing as that's all we've heard. So I'd love to know more about your situation and why you've come to speak with us. Well, maybe let's not assume all of the Feywild are quite so dodgy. After all, we don't assume the worst of all of you here. 
fair enough. Um, if I may, uh, pride leader, may I? Uh, I something of a bit of a silk <laughs> tongue. Uh, was it all right to speak with the, this lovely young woman? Aye. Ah. Uh, consider us a sort of um, entourage, uh, my lady. Uh, there are some difficulties in the Feywild, and it, it, there is um, some debate over the mortal realms. Some of your people have attacked the Feywild. Uh, we believe that some of the Feywild may have attacked back. <laughs> Who's counting, really? And in some cases, a rather unsavory bunch. Uh, you've just witnessed some of them. This unseely court are trying to make matters even more complicated. Uh, they're using it as an excuse to attack both sides, creating a lot of confusion and the like. Um, my pride leader here, Clive, is is uh, uh, sort of uh, an ambassador. Think of it as sort, and uh, he's here to help assess uh, you and make sure that everything is uh, suitable. Perhaps we could arrange some talks or some such, um, but we want to get a, an understanding of the world. Uh, don't worry about Eris here. She's more a sort of um, a bodyguard type, a silent killer sort of uh, endeavor. Uh, make sure that nobody troubles uh, Lord Clive here. Well, seeing as there is some unseely third party, that is not shocking to hear, but it's good to know that we as of right now, have the aid of the summer court. Um, and she'll kind of look to the nobles to out extend the formal invitation back to the, to the home. Ambassadors, you must accompany us to our keep and, and, and stay there with us and eat. And I do fire magic if you want to see that. Oh, that sounds fun, it does. Okay. She looks at Tarkal. <laughs> uh, Tarkal, you can call me Tarkal. It's nice to meet you, Clive. And uh, Entourage, yes, let's let's head back to Evening Star now. And I do have questions about the Fae, but better talk when we're safe and not on the road. Oh, a very wise suggestion, my good man. And Baragon kind of goes to put a big paw around your shoulder as if to kind of like walk side by side with you. A very quaint place, this mortal realm of yours. Oh, very interesting. And he's just sort of like make, tries to make idle conversation. Uh, Tarko will just like let him talk. You know, like when he seems like one of those people that want to hear himself talk anyway. So I'm just going <laughs> to listen. Not too bothered by it, but just... Uh, there's lots of sort of like, oh, your tunic, what a lovely shade of green. <laughs> sort of like Can't possibly wear green myself, clashes with the gold, you know, in the mane and, and kind of like does a lot of that kind of talk. Um, what about everyone else? Clive, uh, do you do you want to talk to anybody as you're making your way back to town? I would like tune into the, or chime into the conversation, just kind of be like, hey, keep it in your pants, lad. These are nobles. They're considered very important. I, I, I have no idea what you mean, Pride Leader. And you do an army's taking off of Tarkov as he just brings them around in, in the front of him. He's just like, no, just making conversation. Uh, you know how these must uh, engage it. <clears throat> anyway, um, and he kind of like drifts back, uh, letting sort of uh, uh, taking the words to heart a little bit. Uh, you notice Erez, the female uh, Leonin, is stalks around. Like she doesn't say much. She's like constantly looking around and watching Clive uh, from afar, just kind of like. Phew checking around. Um, if there's like a hill, she'll like run up to it and like scout around and then run back down. Um, to Clive, Agnes is like, you speak your mind. I admire that. Hey, what else would I be speaking? 
that that's a, a good point. I you're very wise. <laughs> I love this side of Agnes so much. <laughs> well, appreciate it. You're very fiery. Thank you. And you, a skinny lad. Gestures to Tarkle. Mm. <laughs> skinny lad. You did some good killing back there. It's quite impressive for a for a lad your stature. It's not always your size, but how you use the tools you have. Although, and he looks hey, up. Tark Tarkle looks Baragon. up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I heard it, my lord. I heard it. <laughs> oh, a man after my own heart, I do say. Not the size that matters. <laughs> oh. Tarkle just walks a little further ahead. Just a little <laughs> tiny bit. I think you scared the lad off. Me? I'm perfectly charming. I'll have you know. Uh, and then you see him divert his attention like to a young soldier, like, hello, young man. I'm my name is Paragon. <laughs> it's, it's just you see this soldier's just like, it's a giant lion man. <laughs> He's talking to me. Why? <laughs> yeah, I think that's where Agnes is too. I don't I don't think she would have had any occasion to know what a Leonin is before. I don't, I think that the only thing is, um, I mean, you can make a, a an arcana check for me if you like, just to see if you would have done it. Or nah, you can just make I like the, the dynamic that, that she's yeah, never sure. seen she's one before. never seen them before. Because um, she's, she's sitting here with her fire doggy and her fire birdie, and then there's big lion guy, and she's just like, zoo. Wait a minute. <laughs> is Agnes a furry? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Revelation. <laughs> Revelation. Well, revelation. No, this is not All a romantic thing. This no, is sorry. like a, that was a, just a starstruck that was just a thing. All yeah, yeah, yeah. Druids yeah, yeah, yeah. are furries. It is law. I mean, that <laughs> may be true as well, but that yeah, maybe. this is we'll not. Find out. You know. Yeah. Character <laughs> development. Character development. Character development. Um, I think as you guys make your way back, it's, it's uneventful. The rest of the journey back to Evening Star is uneventful. Um, uh, Elissa and the others will get properly armored up, and they begin making their way. This time, being extra sure. At some point, Azara. Alyssa will make her way up to you on her ho own horse next to yours. And there is a kind of <clears throat> uh, kind of cough as she kind of trots next to you. Uh, and you can see she's very awkwardly trying to make a conversation start. Azara will um, still be kind of busting her balls a little bit. So she'll be like, mm? and like not <laughs> ever make direct eye contact. <laughs> I, I cut you off before you could finish. I was very upset at what happened and that was very rude of me i'm sorry i don't want to keep playing the look at me i'm not looking at you game i like looking at you i don't want to keep doing this speak your mind uh azara will s turn away because she doesn't want to show Alyssa that she's blushing or that she could affect her mm. um and she'll say I suppose I also apologize for not properly thinking of the people when there was such a hard decision to be made and speaking harshly towards you. I'll be honest, Azara, it, it wasn't even just about the people. It, it's a stupid pride thing. Just the idea of walking away from people that have hurt others, that have 
I don't know. We don't even know what they're doing with Marcel. Maybe they've tricked him or something. The idea of just leaving him there with them, I I felt like a coward for leaving. And I took that out on you and I took that out on the Lord and Lady and I shouldn't have. I'm sorry. You don't have to be sorry because to be honest, I wish I spoke up. I didn't want Marcel to leave, but I, I knew I was outnumbered and I know that sometimes sacrifices must be made, even if it's not for the greater good or even if they're not smart but it's not my place i'm not a crown silver i'm not a noble at the end of the day i give advice i don't make orders <laughs> i know what that feels like yeah. and she just kind of like looks at you with like a knowing look the little tusks kind of in a grin like a little smile uh, um and you can see like <clears throat> she kind of just like nods and realizing like the kind of the things that she's already <laughs> said and the closeness yeah. of the two of you there is a kind of realization of like oh and she just like she literally holds her head and she's like I need to go uh, check on uh, the troops. These these strange lion folks have uh, put them a little bit on edge. I know they're friendly, but it's not every day that three giant walking lion people just come into the, the world. So I should probably get back. Uh, Azara chuckles a little bit and will say, from what I know about their kind, they are kind but prideful. So tell your soldiers not to offend them in any way. But for the record, Blade Captain... Oh, I, 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 I like looking at you too. <laughs> if a half orc can go red, unless it goes <laughs> like red, but also it's like this, like her eyes go wide as if she's missed, like she's misheard you. She's like, sorry, what? <laughs> she uh, gonna make you repeat it. No, she, she just is like, I, and then just the horse, like she's, she's like. <laughs> And then just like <laughs> she is, she is. It's all, like you, you've seen this expression before on people. Zara is a very beautiful woman, right? Like mm -hmm. she takes pride in her appearance. You don't think Alyssa was expecting that the confession? <laughs> she no. is totally like blown away that you would be even remotely flirting with her. Like she's just like, and then just trails away uh, as she gets led off. All right, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, since Cesar was clearly overheard, she blushes like crazy too and just kind of like puts her hand, head in her hands. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, with all of that, you guys eventually make your way. The little wooden bridge has been fully repaired and you begin to see the comforting uh, buildings, uh, the keep on the hill of your new home, of your home of Evening Star. Uh, the stalwart walls. The archers patrolling. You can see a few militia gathered around the town. Uh, people kind of coming and going, and there's a big cheer as they see the soldiers returning. Uh, there is a few kind of quizzical looks as it, it's like, oh, well, didn't more of them leave? But they see the nobles, they see their magister, they see the knights, and then they see the lion people. And there's a couple of like shocked, like, <gasps> like grabbing people and like pointing and like shocked expressions. Um, what, how does Clive react? Like all of these like humans and elves and dwarves kind of looking at you in amazement. Like how does Clive take it? Baragon, smile and wave. That's what they told oh, us. Yes. Very good, sir. Very good, my lord. And he's just begins smiling. Um, <laughs> Erez just kind of looks around, not scowling, but she does raise like a little paw, but it's like very sort of like, eh. she tries to like keep her scarred side away as she kind of awkwardly waves. Um, a little girl points up and it's just like, Mama Giant Kitty! <laughs> like, and it's like pointing at them. Um, 
That's and, me. and they okay. love like the kids look at the lions and they're like, oh my god, this is the best day ever. And they are just enamored by you um, as you make your way through the town. Uh, when you get to the keep, uh, it's quickly reinforced. Um, and yeah, the you dismount, the horses are led away, and you have the keep to yourselves. Um, anybody got anything? As we're as we're like walking, so these kids who are like watching, are these like crowds to the side or are they up in yeah. houses and stuff? Uh, there's a mix. It's like little oh. crowds to the side where like people have been like, you know, coming and going to like market. And so they've just stopped dead in their tracks, a couple of farmers. And then there are people in like the windows, like little kids up in their bedrooms, like Lion Man. Uh, so he's going to look to Baragon and be like, oh, this will score us some points. And I want to I want to grab one of the kids if there's one mm. within reach. Oh, God. Right. And, like throw him up like however high my lion strength goes to like try and catch him. Your strength's like 19, right? Like you're a strong man. Yeah. Make a child. Um, child. Make an child. athletics check for me. This poor kid. Athletics. Okay. Cool. The kid's like <laughs> That's a uh 24. 24. You scoop up this like little boy, right? He can't be older than sort of like 5. His mother is just like uh, as you grab him, but she can't, she's not quick enough or strong enough to stop you. You just scoop him up and he's just like, and then you yeet him into the air. He maybe goes like 12 feet up in the air. And you can see the point where he suddenly is like, oh no, and starts screaming, crying. But then as he comes down, you just catch him, kind of like drop him with force. So it's not too hard a shock. Uh, and he's just like left, like shaking as you put him back down into <laughs> his like mother's arms. Like, I, and I like catch him as like now with that trauma, there's this big lion face. He's like, <laughs> Did you have fun, lad? <laughs> hey, off you go then. <laughs> and just puts him on the ground and he like vibrates next to his mother. Um, I'll look um, whatever noble saw that and like give them a. <laughs> yeah, like all the commoners are just like. <laughs> so he's just watched you throw a child like 12 feet in the air. Um, but yeah, it definitely has an impression. Whether it's a good or impression or not, we'll find out. Um, but it definitely has an impression. I'm totally stealing this from chat, but Agnes looks over when Clive does that and she's like, have you ever heard of stoling? Oh no. I feel like you should give it a try. Hey, what's that? We'll, we'll show you. Come on. <laughs> Drag, you drag Clive to like the little stoling alley in the. Well, in the I mean, first she'll like ask for dinner to be made and stuff with like mm -hmm. order wine for the guests and things. But then to oh, yeah. entertain them, yeah, she'll be like, "Tarkal, Tarkal, teach him, teach him stoling." Oh, oh yeah, they'll probably be good at that. They got uh, big hands. Okay, uh, yeah, and then we'll go over to alleys and uh, I guess just show but, them like, the the ropes. I think you'd probably have to find a. A, like a bigger rock uh, for, mm. for for Clive to hold because his paw is so huge. He, like the tiny one is so small in his hand and he's just like, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, they show you a game, Clive, uh, which involves rolling a big round stone uh, to knock over a bunch of sticks at the end of like a little kind of dug trench. Um, and there's like a set of like, uh, like nine of them, set of nine trenches behind the tavern. And they've got like a little tarpaulin over the top. And there's like a little bar outside that serves drinks and little snacks of plates of food. Um, 
So half like, listening to the instructions, um, I kind of skipped the rolling part and I like overhand just, just chucked the rock as hard as I can. <laughs> sure, make an athletics check. Okay. That would be a 17. 17. It's enough where you yeet the, the, the rock and it just and just smashes a load of the six over and just digs into the ground and leaves like an imprint in the, the middle of the lane, basically. Agnes, what was that? Did I win? Agnes taps Tarkle. She's like, a new move. I, well, I, I think you, that's actually an illegal move because you could kill someone, you know? <laughs> the ground axe is a... I, good, good job. Really good. <laughs> hey. Uh, let's, should we go eat dinner? Maybe. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And, um, Nigel and Audrey, your two kind of house staff uh, and Dusk have prepared a meal. Dusk, uh, in, in classic Dusk's fashion, your Seneschal Dusk, this purple tiefling with a broken horn, uh, is just like a pleasure to, uh, you know, I'm going to slip into Scottish. Sean, Sean, bastard. There we go. Dusk. Uh, well, wonderful to meet you, uh, Clive of the Wild Main. I'm Dusk. Uh, if you need anything in your stay and evening style, please don't be, uh, please let me know. I'm happy to facilitate. Uh, everything has been prepared, my lord and lady. Come this way. And he, a beautiful table has been laid out full of finest foods and, and drinks. Um, and yeah, you guys uh, can enjoy a very lovely meal uh, all together. Isn't that nice? Um, sure is. Nice. In the middle of the meal, I think Azara would go over to Agnes and say, uh, Agnes, I know we just arrived home and we are celebrating most of us returning, um, but I, I would like to bring up two important facts that we must think about. One, a new minister of arms, and second, we have to talk to Aaron. Aaron was with us, right? Mm -mm. Oh. Fade behind an evening star. Yikes. Uh, yeah. Are you thinking, who who do you think should talk to Aaron? I know that Aaron and you have a lovely relationship. Um, I wouldn't mind going as well for support. I think that Tarkle is also a calming presence if we would like to have a united front, but I know that he cared for Marcel and this will not be easy on him. You're right. First thing tomorrow. I agree. Um, as for the Minister of Arms, that is obviously up to you and possibly late Captain Alyssa to choose. I just know that um, having a partner in arms when it comes to giving advice and delegating would be useful. Um, no rush. I am perfectly capable of doing two people's jobs for now. I just would like to put in the formal request. Uh, I turn to Tarkal and I say, Azara brings up a valid point. We do need a new minister of arms. Did you, did you have anyone in mind? Well, I can honestly say there's no one I have in mind right now in Evening Star that I think can fill that role. Perhaps we reach out to mom since she was the one who appointed Marcel in the first place. Ugh, I hate to run to mom, but... I mean, if there's anyone you can think of, uh, I'm all ears. What is the dinner situation? <laughs> uh, it would be pretty much mostly like a lot of local stuff. 
So there'd be a lot of like big chunks of like steak and beef and chicken, but also lots of vegetables because mm. um, there's a lot of farmland around here. Bread, cheese, wine, lots of wine. There's also a very, uh, and I think that Clive, if he drinks, would probably find the, um, what's the name of the beer tackle? I always forget its name. Oh, the, the Foggy Wood? Foggy Wood. Uh, there's this really very delicious ale uh, that they have Um uh that is in these kind of stamped oaken barrels and things um but yeah it's, it's quite good it, it's like real traditional fantasy village fare you know um so like steaming hot potatoes and you know uh you know as you're as, you're as you're like talking about this appointing a new minister like clive is off on the other end as it's served it's like excuse me what's all this the the food hey I was told that we were having dinner, but I don't see nothing to hunt. Well, we uh, we already did the hunting. Uh, that's why it's on the table. I didn't see you do it. Well, not we. Uh, the people, uh, our our helpers here, while we were out, you know, killing shadows. You have other people, do you kill? Yes. Kind of look to to the other prime members like hey the traditions here are so bizarre <sighs> well yes they do seem a bit strange i could um if you want me to my lord i can go out into the woods and see if i can find a deer or something no, like that no we won't be disrespectful we are oh, okay. in, maybe in i could home. store it outside so they don't know no it's fine we'll, we'll i personally my lord i i quite i must say that the smell it is quite, it does smell quite delicious. I am quite tempted to try it, these strange moral foods. <laughs> it's bizarre. I love him. I imagine hey. like him having like a carrot in his little paw. Like... <laughs> oh, dear food. Um, what about this? And he like takes like a chicken leg and he's like, oh, it's hot, my lord. It's hot. Could you believe it? Hot meat. <laughs> So you have, you have someone else do your hunt, and then they they make it hot. Yes, they they they. It's called cooking. They'll they'll season it and make it. Yeah, you've never had a meal other than, you know, a, a hunt. Hey. Even even when I lived in the woods, I we we would hunt, but then we would cook it. Well, we don't live in the woods, lad. So you just hunt for fun? No, we hunt for our males, but seems like a lot of extra fancy bells and whistles and whatnot. And he'll like take a bite of of whatever like chicken leg. Yeah. He just and he it would taste good. I imagine it would be like, oh, you know, there's flavors that you've never experienced before. And the hotness is like this whole other mouth feel, but there's no blood. Like one of the things is like, you're like, oh, there's no like blood and there's no like, you, you can't tear it in the same way, but it is tasty. It's different. It's very different to what Clive's used to. So you take the flesh and you add other flavorings and drain it of its blood. It's even, that's even more wild than what we do. It's amazing. <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoy the bells and whistles. <laughs> you do see uh, little old Nigel and Audrey like breathe a sigh of relief from the side. They're like, oh. <laughs> we didn't mean no commotion. We just simply, we were curious, but 
We'll be respecting your traditions around here. Okay. Well, uh, you guys enjoy a meal, and it comes time for to retire for the evening. Rooms can be provided for Clive and the others if, if Clive wishes, or there is a stable that they can go and stay in if they prefer. Uh, but there are spare rooms in the keep and things like that. Um, one thing I wanted to do, just because we're running out of uh, time a little bit here, is Tarkle. When you go to sleep, you find yourself, you know that you're asleep. You remember going to bed, you remember drifting off, but you suddenly find yourself um, <clears throat> in a large flowery glade. Um, there's this calming music. There's like a little babbling brook. It's a very familiar scene, um, but this time kind of outstretched wearing this very loose fitting quite quite in, enticing gown of green is willow song um and you can see her kind of like playing like a little liar um and when she sees you she smiles uh this kind of very soft smile um and uh you see a breathe a sigh of relief oh, you're alive and you're safe i'm so glad i was worried that uh, whatever you set out to do you wouldn't come back no, we're we're safe. Do I like know that I'm like some in a dream or something of that effect? Yeah. Okay. You you're you're like okay. I'm pretty sure this is a dream, okay. but I can think and I'm aware of everything that's going on. Um, and she puts the lyre down and she moves uh, across to you, kind of like her little feet brushing through the the grass. Um, and she just kind of like wraps her arms around you, like goes to hug you basically. Mm. Um, and she's just like, I can't believe I. I miss you this much after only a few days. Um, and she kind of buries her face in sort of like your shoulder. Um, and then she kind of brings out and she's like, are you all right? Are you... Something on your mind? Are you... You're not hurt or anything, are you? While we were out helping Marcel, a twig was killed in an explosion. Would you happen, to, wherever you are, would you happen have the ability to find him? I'll try. I'll try, Tarkle. Uh, I mean, the Feywild can be a big place, and it's sometimes difficult. It depends on where he is and, and uh, who he might be with. But I'll see what I can do. I'm so sorry. Um, I didn't know him, but uh, losing my companion is always difficult. Why don't you... If there's anything on your mind, you can tell me about it. Why don't you come and sit with me? Uh, yeah, I would take her by the hand and lead yeah. her back to like, I imagine she was sitting on like a log or something yeah, or stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she sits there with you and she just kind of like, kind of rests her head against you. And she's just like, if you ever need to tell me anything, I'm always here for you. I, this spell, um, it's really the only way I can speak with you while I'm away. I, I just couldn't resist. I couldn't help myself. I've been waiting for you to, well, I've been trying to reach you, but it, it only works with a certain distance. So. When are you coming back to me? It's difficult. My mother is, is being mother, but also there are things I want to learn here, things I want to do so that I can help you more. Um, and I miss you. And she kind of like places a hand on yours. I miss you too. And then I'll... Uh, yeah? I was going to say, I'll uh, like kind of put my arm around to like guide her head to lean on my shoulder. Yeah. 
she as you're doing that like she looks up at you with these like doe eyes and you can see like she's blushing and she, she like her lip is quivering like she she you get the impression that she wants you to kiss her um but she won't take that first move like if you guide her head she'll just rest down yeah i would i would i think tarkle would still like he would look at her mm-hmm. but then just kind of like lean his head on her head yeah. she kind of just their places first kiss to be in a dream sequence no Come on, yeah bro. no but uh she you Come kind on. of do that and she rests it against it and she places a hand across your chest um and she just says you're a very good man tarkle there are so many that wouldn't be like you i hope you're safe i think the world's going to get very i worry that the world's falling apart and that is where we will end today's episode. So much oh. happening! Oh my gosh! Good job, what Mark. Good job, everyone. Thank you, Mark. Good job, everybody. I mean, welcome, Clive. I love what Clive! I love Clive! I think we all love Clive. <laughs> I think Clive has won the hearts and minds of everyone in chat and all of us as well. We loved Marcel, but... There's nothing Clive. like a big kitty. There's no, yeah. there's nothing like three big kitties. Three big good, kitties. What a good, like, perfect character that has enough joy, like, brings enough joy to the table to be like, oh, we we're all really sad that Marcel's gone. But look, we got a cat. <laughs> <laughs> a super fun, wild magic raging cat man. Who doesn't love it? I can't uh, wait for him to meet King One-Eye. Oh yes, God. I know. Right? <laughs> I have a feeling great. that next episode we'll do a bunch of like more like introducing people and like meeting stuff. We got Aaron. Oh. Um, but also have a think about if you guys can let me know in between now and next week, if there's anything you guys want to do, like if there's any things that you want to kind of uh, get started on or things you want to go after or things you want to do, let me know and we'll do that. Let's do some shout outs because I'm aware that we've probably got a stream after us. So let's rattle through those and we can say goodbye. Who should Who's start, first? Mark? Anna. Oh, my. Well, just in case you were thinking to yourself, wow, where did Anna get that sweatshirt that says Charisma, which is one of my favorite D&D stats, and also says Cantrip in a very cool logo format right here. You should go to cantripbrand.com in case you would like to also look at things like Shady's hat, which is a bouquet of D20s. I don't know. Just trying to help. Uh, I'm Anna Prosser. You can find me at Anna Prosser everywhere. You can also find this lovely creature at Happy Niski on Instagram. And we will be on, uh, oh, tomorrow we'll be doing, not tomorrow, Thursday, we'll be doing a charity stream uh, on my channel and playing Among Us. And Friday, we'll be doing Extra Brains where we're going to talk about imposter syndrome this week. Ooh, I tag. My favorite. Yeah. Doesn't everyone (laughs) love imposter syndrome? I tag Mika. Hi, I'm Mika Burton. You can find me at Mika Burton. You can find my dog, Rini, who was barking earlier at Rini's Wild Shape on Instagram. <laughs> um, if you haven't checked out my narrative telephone episodes on Critical Role, they're on the Critical Role YouTube channel. Um, they titled it Mika Murders the Cast of Critical Role, so you know it's going to be good. Um, I also started a new Instagram where I'm going to be posting my horseback riding and ballet stuff because I horseback ride and also do ballet, and it's Mika Strides because I stride across the ballet floor and horses stride. My friend nice. helped me come up with that. Nice. I'm not that smart. I tag <laughs> Nate. <laughs> Hello, um, I'm Nate. And my thing is I may not be playing Marcel on this show anymore, but I do voice a character named Marcel in the dub for Attack on Titan. So if hey. you want to go- hey. That's a big hog. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so yeah, uh, if, you're, if you're watching the dub, 
watch season four episode. I don't remember, but it's out now. So enjoy that. And I Amazing. tag Shaddai. Hello, guys. I'm Shaddai. My new brand name that you can find me everywhere at Twitch, Twitter, Shaddai. Uh, <laughs> I have started streaming again uh, at twitch.tv slash Penguin Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. through 4 p.m. Eastern. I had a lovely man raid me this week, and it was beautiful, and I love him so much. Aww. And he's underneath me in this call. Uh, I also will have another D&D show. I'm back on the Astral Academy Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, twitch.tv slash Brett Ultimus. Uh, my character Gideon Snowfall is going he's he's changing a little bit and i love it he's got time magic and it's really really cool Ooh. and with that i will tag mark oh i love it that 11 a.m uh streaming from 11 a.m is such a good time i feel at the minute mm -hmm. I don't know about you but i'm loving it um, so good. because uh you can catch me a bunch of places at the minute my main dnd show high rollers dnd episode 100 of our second campaign five years this oh. sunday we've got brand new art that's going up on our twitter because the players are all level 13 so we've got all their epic level art at the moment going up as well come and watch high rollers Heroes. it's like a main game we've also restarted our curse of strad game i'm betting there's a few people that like curse of strad watching this right now you should come and watch that that's been pretty crazy um all on high rollers dnd twitch twitter youtube podcast all of that stuff and then I've been streaming more on my channel, which is Sherlock underscore Humes, um, 11 a.m. till about 5 p.m. UK time most days, including tomorrow. So I'll be streaming in, yeah, you know, a few hours. Um, come watch that. We've been playing Stardew. We've been playing Among Us. We've been doing a bunch of stuff. I want to do more collabs with people. I want to do more cool stuff. Come and watch all of that good thing there. Um, that's it. Okay. That's it, I think, from everybody. Um, thank you, White Text Friend, uh, for all of your amazing comments and hard work. And we will see all of you very soon for another episode of Night's Evening Star.